Jesus whispers sweet and low. Fear not, I am with thee, peace be still. In all of life's ebb and flow. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. So long. 
Fear that held us now gives way to him who is our peace. His final breath upon the cross is now alive in me. Yeah. 
Thank you, Barry family. Three of the family members singing and Mama's back there praying for them. <laughs> I tried to get Mama to come up and sing with them today, and she turned me down. I have been reading this book for 49 years. And in the early years, I would read in the New Testament, and selected Old Testament verses, particularly in the Psalms and Proverbs. And when I was pastoring in Columbia some years ago, it, uh, it came to me, and I think it was the Lord who was challenging me, that I had never read through the whole Bible. And... Um, I had become aware of a, a new tool that had just come on the market. Zondervan put it out back in the mid-80s, early 80s, called the One-Year Bible. And I thought, I'm, I'm going to buy the One-Year Bible, and you can, it's, it's arranged to where you can start any day of the year. Just, you know, if you want to start in July, you start in July. If you want to start in January, and you just, you just read the, the passages that are there, each calendar day, and if you're faithful to that routine, uh, and, and life happens, sometimes you get behind a couple of days, and so you have to catch up. But uh, I used the one-year Bible to read through the whole Bible, and it, I was amazed at some of the Bible stories that I had never heard and had never been aware of that came to my awareness. And so for a, not every year, but for a number of years scattered through those that time span, I've, I've used the one-year Bible to, to read through, and I've used other uh, schedules as well to read through the Bible. This year I'm reading through the New Testament and just reading some selected uh, Old Testament passages because I, I am that check-a-box kind of a personality, and so I have to shake it up sometimes to make sure that I am not just doing the routine, but that I'm really giving myself to the relationship. Because when you're reading a living book, it is a relationship. And this week, um, some, some weeks ago, I decided that I was going to uh, secure a, a Bible that has a journal in it, a column down each side that, where you can journal. And I've been talking to you about journaling in recent months, and I thought, I'm, I'm going to go that direction with some journaling. 
And I don't know about you, but I'm, I've got a journal at the house. I've got two in the church office. And now I've got a Bible that I can journal in. And I'm just determined to leave all these journals uh, for someone to pick up one day and, and have opportunity to read the testimonies that were not the testimonies I was supposed to stand on a platform and give, but a, a testimony I was supposed to leave in a different fashion for someone uh, who doesn't have the opportunity to, to know me in the here and now. It's, it's just kind of a, it's kind of like planting a tree uh, that you will never have the opportunity to rest in its shade. It's doing something for coming generations, and I think we need to be mindful of that and be concerned about those kinds of issues. Well, anyway, because of that journaling Bible, it came in, and I thought, well, I'm just going to start in Genesis, and, I'm, and I've been doing that for uh, just a couple of weeks or so. And uh, this week, I was in Genesis chapter 19, and I came across uh, the story of Sodom and Gomorrah and the occasion when Lot and his family are being delivered from the coming judgment. Uh, God has, has judged Sodom and Gomorrah because of their evil ways, and uh, time is drawing near for fire and brimstone to be fired, to be poured down on Sodom and Gomorrah to wipe them from the face of the earth. And there's a lot that we don't understand about that holistic judgment that God brings at times, but God being God decided that this is going to happen, but He was going to spare Lot and his family because of God's relationship with Abraham. Lot is the nephew of Abraham, and God, in extending His mercy, has decided that Lot and his family, his wife and two daughters, and their fiancés are not going to be a part of this, of this uh, annihilation of Sodom and Gomorrah. And so I, I'm, I'm reading through that passage, and the Lord brings something to my heart uh, from, from a couple of the verses that just, abs I mean, just blessed me. Uh, it was like God was reaching into my life once again, and saying, I know you. I, I, I know everything about you. And, and I know when you are gung-ho, and I know when you are hesitant. I know when I have to slow you down because you're getting ahead of things. And I know when I need to urge you forward and have to kind of pull you along because, because of hesitation for many different reasons. And, and God used this story to, to connect with me again about His amazing grace that is poured out for each and every one of us. And I, I didn't know when I read this earlier in the week, I shared something about it in a midweek Bible study, but I had no idea, even Wednesday, that this is where God would have me to preach from this morning. But as, I, as always, I'm working on several different things, and God, you just you show me which one is the right one. I, you know, I can be reading through the Bible, and I'm like, oh man, that would be good for Sunday. And I start writing an outline. And then uh, I'll read a little bit for, oh, but this would be better than that one. So I put that one in the drawer and I start another outline. And I didn't know until, uh, until uh, Thursday evening that God was directing me to this passage to share. I, I say this all the time, but I'm going to say it again. If God has given us this message this morning, it is for a purpose. And if it's just one person who's supposed to receive this word, that is the purpose. And that purpose is bigger than, than I am. It's bigger than you are. There's no way that we can discern those matters. I, I had someone come to me before church this morning and said, a few weeks ago you preached about faith and I just want you to know this is what happened. And God gave you that message for me. That's amazing stuff. That's above my pay grade. Amen. It's, it's way beyond what I can understand. For, for me, a long time ago, sermon preparation became a, a matter of me walking with the Lord the best I know how, and then God pressing into my heart and my mind what it is that He would have me to stand up and, and speak forth as His messenger. Because I'm not here to talk about God. I'm here to be anointed by God and bring a word that will make an eternal difference in your life. That's bigger than me. It's not me doing it. It's all Him. As a matter of fact, Paul had the right, the right idea. He said God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to bring His glory and His grace to the lives of people. He has chosen the weak things to confound the strong. He has, 
He has chosen the foolish things to confound the wise. In other words, this is the work of God. It's not the work of Ron. I'm not, I'm not smart enough to know what God is saying and why He's saying it. All I can do is say, God, please, please give me the opportunity to have that something spill from, from, from my speech that ends up being that anointed word that you're bringing to someone you love in, in a point in time that will make not only a momentary difference, but an eternal difference. So I'm excited about these two verses. I'm excited about what's happening here. It ends up that a couple of angels, it says two men, they're angels. Be careful, sometimes you're entertaining angels unaware. You think it's a man, you think it's a lady, and it ends up they took their wings off for just a minute and they're angels in our midst. And we've shared about that before. We all have those, those stories. Many of us have those stories of a time when someone showed up. And you've got a story, a tremendous story, about someone showing up in the moment that her daughter had been in an accident right out here, and it was her daughter's last moments on this earth. And in that time, there was a visitor there at that accident scene that now is unexplained except that an angel. And we all have those stories. And, and I, I want to say from the very beginning, I believe in angels. If you believe in angels, say amen. amen. I believe in angels. Now, I don't believe angels trump Jesus, okay? I think it's the other way around. Jesus trumps angels. But God has messengers and, and servants who are doing His bidding. And on this occasion, two men showed up and gave warning to Lot and his family. God is about to bring final judgment to Sodom and Gomorrah because they will not turn from their wickedness. And rather than them having a continuing influence, evil influence on those who come their way, God has decided that it's best for, for the world, best for society to not encounter these wicked people and so He's going to remove them from the face of the earth. But God has found favor with you because you're Lot's nephew and so if you'll gather your daughters, and it says, and, and their husbands, when you go and study that, it's, it's in the context of that culture, and they're, they're not uh, their husbands yet, but they are fiancés. But in that culture, once you were engaged, you were as good as married. And, and so they were betrothed to the, to the daughters of Lot, and the angel said, go get your daughters and your son-in-laws, and I'm going to I'm going to take you and your wife and your daughters and son-in-laws and lead you from this place. And so they went and they talked to the son-in-laws. They gathered the daughters. The son-in-laws thought it was a big joke and said, we're not going anywhere. This, this is home. We're not going anywhere. How, how many times have we made such a statement to our own undoing? And um, so Lot gathers his daughters and I want to read these two verses for you that are, that are it's come to this now. Verse 15 of, of Genesis 19. As morning dawned, the angels urged Lot, saying, Up, take your wife, your two daughters who are here, lest you be swept away in the punishment of the city. But Lot lingered. In the NIV it says, but Lot hesitated. So the men, the angels, seized him and his wife and his two daughters by the hand, the Lord being merciful to him. And they brought him out and set him outside the city. And so then, as you continue the story, and you can read it for yourselves, Lot and his family go to the city of Zor, to a small city, to escape the coming judgment. And sure enough, from that vantage point, they watch God bring annihilation to that area. But here's what grabbed my heart the other morning as I was reading this passage of Scripture. When Lot hesitated, from, from a standpoint of human, human reasoning, the angels of the Lord could have decided, well, if, if you're not going to go, that's up to you. And could have gone on without bringing Lot and his family with them. But here's how much God loves us. When we are overwhelmed by our circumstances and by what life is pouring out in the moment, God loves us so much that even when we 
in our humanity hesitate to obey His command, God will step back to us in that moment of hesitation because He loves us that much and He will take us by the hand and lead us in our lingering moment, lead us in our hesitation that we might yet be spared of the judgment of God that is on the threshold of of time as it pertains to us. How many times has the Lord reached into our lives? And sometimes we were mindful and other times we were oblivious, but how many times has God reached back and taken me by the hand and said, I'm not going to leave you here. You're hesitating. Maybe it's fear God knows what it is. I don't know. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's just a lack of knowledge. Maybe it's me thinking, no, there's a better way. But God reaches through all of that cloud, that human cloudiness, and takes me by the hand and leads me to that place of blessing that He has prepared for me, that I might be spared the judgment that was not intended for me, but was intended for others in a given moment of time. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a hesitating wretch like me who would reach through my hesitation and say, I'm not going to allow your humanity to cloud this opportunity. I am going to save you even though you're questioning whether or not you even need to be saved. That's amazing stuff there. I believe that God sends messengers to us. Angels who lay aside their wings for a moment in time to come into our company to bring an encouraging word or an instructive word to bring that that Word of God that will quicken us in the moment of our existence when we need something to get us from where we are to where we need to be next. I'm overwhelmed that God loves us. So much that He will look beyond our our stubbornness, our inadequacies, our imperfections. That God would reach His hand to us because He loves us or He loves those who are around us alongside of loving us and sends a special manifestation of His grace that we might have the salvation that we need. You see, I I believe that God not only saved me in August of 1970, but I believe He keeps on saving me every day. I believe His grace continues to be poured out afresh in my behalf every day. I I, I believe that the the question was settled concerning my, my eternity because of receiving the grace of Christ that was poured out on the cross. But there are times when Rather than moving closer, I'm drifting back. And God reaches into that drifting moment to bring me back alongside of Him that I might receive the fullness of what He has for me at that time in my life. It is amazing how He speaks to us through this book. When I'm dead and gone, I pray if people remember me for anything, they will remember that over and over again, I challenged you to pick this book up and to open it every day of your life. Because this is God's living message to you. For me this week, it was Genesis 19. Those two verses, 15 and 16. For you, it may have been over in Corinthians, or or it may have been in Colossians, or or in Psalms, or, or... You may maybe even got a revelatory moment in Leviticus as you were reading all of those legalistic rules that are listed there. But I'm telling you, this is our opportunity to hear from God the fresh Word that He has for our understanding that will bring us from where we have been to where He would have us to be in our relationship with Him. And I promise you, if you're not opening this book, spiritually you're starving Because this is His Word to us. It never goes out of style. You may not not carry it in printed form. You may carry it in in your smart device. But it is His Word open to our understanding. 
that we in our hesitating moments may, may feel the touch of His hand upon our lives. And know that God loves us so much that even when we don't get it, He's still saving us. And bringing us to faith. I, I want to invite you this morning to celebrate with me the mercy of our God. Who blesses us over and over and over again, not because we deserve it, but because He loves us. Forgives us when He has every reason to hold it against us. Empowers us even when sometimes we have been slow to move in the anointing of that power that He brings to our lives. I, I love that someone said one time, if God has a refrigerator in heaven, your picture's on there. He thinks about you all the time. He's reaching to you over and over again. Not just when you're in church. Sometimes when you're in the very place that you would think God would never be in this place, He's there. As a matter of fact, the psalmist said, there's not a place you can go in the earth that you're away from Him. There's no place too high. There's no place too wide. Even, even in the depths of hell, He finds you in your moment of great need. It is amazing how God in His mercy continues to reach to us when He has every reason sometimes to be crossways with me. What a wonderful Savior. Who while He was being crucified on Calvary would look out at the very ones who had accused Him and were now crucifying Him and would say, Father, forgive them. They don't, they don't realize what they're doing. When Lot hesitated, the angels of the Lord, the ones who were sent in particular for Lot and his family, took them by the hand. Not just Lot, but his wife and his daughters, all four of them felt the touch of angels' hands. They grasped their hands. Not just a, a light touch. They grasped their hands to take them to that salvation that had been secured for them because of God's great love. Every parent here knows there have been those times when you've been going from one place to another that you felt that the safety of your children was best secured by their holding your hand. And there have been times when our children or our grandchildren it felt like they're big enough to handle this on their own. And we know that there are times when that will, that will fly, and then there are times when we're not comfortable with that. And in those times when we know they need a little extra help, in the face of their hesitancy, we take hold of their hand to walk them from where they are to where we're going. Because we're going to make sure they get from here to there without harm. That is the spirit in which God is extending His hand to you here this morning. Sometimes we preachers, we color it wrong. We make it sound like He's reaching a hand. If you don't take Him by the hand then He's just going to leave you to your own devices. And maybe sometimes that does apply. But this morning, I just feel like there are some of you who have been hesitant, and God's saying, uh-uh, 
And He's going to reach through that hesitancy and take hold of you. And take hold of your hand to get you from where you are to where you need to be. Because those things that cause us to hold back, that cause us to be slow in making the move, when we don't understand the dynamics of all of that, God sees it completely. And some of you here this morning are in a place of holding back. And God's reaching through that because He loves you. And He's going to take you to a new place. I want you to come back in the weeks and the months to come. And I want you to tell me about it. Like that person this morning told me about that step of faith. I want you to tell me about it. Well, preacher, why do you want to know about that? Because I want to glorify God for bringing this passage to me this week. Not just for me, but for you. And I want to have a little faith and <coughs> encouragement and build up that will help me to see that even when I don't know why and even when I don't know how, that all of us are to speak the Word that God has given us believing that He's up to something amazing. I don't know who you are. But God's touching someone's hand this morning. He's going to take you out of harm's way because He's got plans for you. He's going to take you from Sodom and Gomorrah to a safe place so that after the dust settles, you can move forward in that calling that He has for your life. I don't know what all of the the issues are pertaining to that reality, that's why I want you to come back and tell me about it. Because I can tell you from my life of walking with Jesus that there are stories to be told about when God has reached through my hesitancy to take me to the next place. God's not asking you to do something for Him. He's asking you to trust Him for what only He can do. Would you bow and close your eyes? Lord, I pray in this moment that whoever you're reaching to, that they could feel your touch in spiritual reality and know it's you. Lord, I pray that Your Holy Spirit would prove in our experience, not only this morning, but in the days to come, that this message is not spiritual fluff, that it's not meant to just give false encouragement, but I pray that it will be proven that this is Your living Word that has come to us this morning for a reason. And in the days to come, Lord, I pray that we might see that You have delivered us from our own Sodom and Gomorrah to, to that city of Zor where we can find safe refuge until we are able to get to what's next on Your calendar for us. We are many different people and we are at different places in life and in different places in our spiritual journeys. Some have been walking with You for decades and others have been walking with You for minutes. But You treat us all the same because, Lord, our salvation is not about the longevity of our walk. It's about Calvary. It's about Jesus. It's about Your mercy. It's about You reaching to us in our moment of need that we might find what can only be found by Your touch on our lives.
Lord, I just want to thank you that when I read these verses this week, I want to thank you for how my heart leapt within me. I want to thank you for how my spirit responded to your touch upon my life in that moment. I didn't know I'd be preaching it this week. I thought it was just a private moment just between the two of us. But you revealed as the week went on that this was to be shared. And it's for a reason. I know it. I know it. And so I want to thank you for that person here this morning who feels your touch. And because of your grace knows that it's you. And they're hesitant because they don't know what's next, but help them to know that when we cannot see what you're doing, we can trust your heart. Nobody loves us like you love us. He touched me. Oh, He touched me. And saved me. Even when I was hesitant. Oh